Liminal Space and Liberation on Finding New Wisdom in Old Stories by Heather Plett. Quote, not only did she survive, but she kept rewriting her stories until she found enough space in them for all of the wounded to be held. End quote. I've embarked on a new project recently. I'm writing a collection of personal essays that will eventually become my next book. This year, I'm spending time in an intentional liminal space, taking time to imagine the next part of my life. With no more dependents, no partner, and no parents still alive, I have no need to live in the house or city where I currently live and can make choices solely for myself. I'm asking myself what I value, what I no longer need, and what matters most to me. As I look around my house, I'm imagining what kind of space I want next, which of my furniture suited the old part of my life but isn't needed in the next, and which things I love too much to ever part with. This seems like a good time to also consider the non-tangible things I want to bring with me into the next part of my life. One by one, I'm excavating the stories that shaped me into who I am, the heartaches, the triumphs, the traumas, and the failures, and I'm holding them up to the light to see what new things they have to reveal and which parts are no longer relevant. It's a little like digging through the attic for the family's antiques to see if they should be polished, repurposed, given away, or discarded. This isn't an entirely new process for me. I did something similar when I got divorced and was intentional about turning my home from the sometimes unsafe place it had been into a sanctuary of healing for my daughters and myself. This time, though, I'm doing it largely for myself, with only a little consideration for what support my daughters still need, and feel more free to share pieces of that journey with you, my reader if I choose to. Already, only a short way into the process, the stories are shape-shifting and becoming things I didn't expect them to be. Some are taking on more nuance, depth, and meaning, and some are revealing to me that I've been stubbornly hanging on to tired old versions of them that should have landed on the rubbish heap. One thing that's surprising me is that this process is not only changing my view of myself, but also my view of the other people in some of the stories. In some cases, I see them more clearly for who they have always been instead of the way I so badly wanted them to be, and that's allowing me to be clearer about my boundaries. In other cases, I'm better able to see the whole picture instead of just my part of it, and that allows me to extend a little more mercy. The first story I took on was in some ways the hardest and in some ways the easiest. It's the story of how I was raped as a 22-year-old by a stranger who climbed through my window. It's the hardest because it was pivotal in my life and it's heartbreaking to more clearly see the many layers of trauma that came from carrying that story forward into my life and marriage. But it's easiest because the only other player in the story is a stranger and I don't have to worry about hurting anyone else in my life by telling my version of the story. The line at the top of this post is from that piece. I wrote it after wrestling for several days with the story when I realized that the process of writing had allowed me to hold my rapist differently. In the end, as I witnessed my own triumph, courage, and resilience in that narrative, 
I was also able to more gently witness the brokenness and pain that my rapist must have been tormented with, and is likely still tormented with if he is still alive. How much hatred and shame must one be carrying to climb through a stranger's window to fulfill their own sexual desires? That's a burden I would never want to carry. I am reminded as I work with this story that my liberation is tied up with his, in the words of Lilla Watson. If I want to be truly liberated, no longer carrying the shame and pain of that narrative, then I have to release my rapist from the story so that he has the potential to be free of it too. That doesn't mean there shouldn't be justice or accountability for such a crime, simply that the justice should be restorative and healing should be the goal. As I said in the above quote, the rewriting process is allowing me to find enough spaciousness in those stories and in my attachment to them for all of the wounded to be held. Whether or not they choose to heal is none of my business. I simply release them to their own choices and find my own healing that requires nothing of them. I am now working on other stories, the ones in which there are people who played longer and more complicated roles in my narrative. I don't know yet how those stories will shape shift, but I will hold myself tenderly so that I have the strength to make space in the stories for their healing too. I will not gloss over the hard things or try to justify other people's actions. I will simply try to tell the truth in a liberated way that isn't weighed down with bitterness or a need for revenge. Though this post focuses primarily on the writing and rewriting of those stories, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the words on a page only represent part of the process. While writing is my first love, it's best when it doesn't stand alone, especially as a path toward healing. I also have regular therapy sessions with a therapist who incorporates somatic healing practices. And, as I've learned from modalities such as narrative therapy and family systems constellations, I sometimes practice rearranging the story with physical objects that represent the players in those stories. I am also fond of rituals that help me mark and energetically move through important moments and shifts, like when I burn something that represents an old version of a story I'm releasing. Perhaps I'll share more about those practices in another post. A year from now, when I have, hopefully, a clearer picture of what this next part of my journey will be, I want to be on the journey with more lightness and liberation. This is not a perfect process. Stories have a way of popping back up long after I think I've let them go. But I'm okay with the imperfection of it. Whatever emerges from my imperfect process, I hope to share it with you. If you are currently in your own liminal space and want a tool that will help, there's a link in the blog post for this post where I share a free resource, Journal Prompts for the Liminal Space. And if you want even more, you can check out my online self-study program, Write for Love and Liberation.